On today's episode of Growing Through It, we have 16-year-old entrepreneur and costume designer Marshy discussing how moving abroad and back can cause a disconnect among peers in schools, creating struggles to fit in, and how they've learned to manage their mental health and the ways they've explored their artistic capabilities. Lots of meditation and religion really helped me, but because my family, and no matter where we move, we're always together. Now sharing their art and creations with the public, Marshy is set to continue their artistic journey with the hopes of attending OCAD University and owning their own business. Growing Through It shares stories from young people who all have the common experience of being a part of Roots to Harvest, a human-centered, food-focused, non-for-profit in Thunder Bay, Ontario. So we are here with Marshy today. I guess we'll start off by asking you how you heard about Roots to Harvest. I first heard of Roots to Harvest after um, I went through a rough time at school. Uh, my school counselor reached out to me and was like, hey, it's summer. Do you want something to do? And I was like, I, I guess so. And then they told me about Roots to Harvest as a company and as like an organization. And I was like, oh, that that's pretty cool. I've never done gardening before, but I'm bored over this summer. So let's just give it a shot. And yeah, that's how I got introduced in the first place. What was your first impression of them? Well, at first I was a bit nervous, but soon I realized that like everyone here is like a family kind of in a way. And everyone's super kind and open and very LGBTQ plus friendly, which I greatly appreciate. So you said being at Rooster Harvest felt like being with family. What does that mean to you? Everyone's just super accepting and understanding. And it's definitely a lot more understanding than I expected. And it feels like I'm hanging out with friends because um, I establish a lot of like really nice relationship with everyone in the community. So being able to go outside and like touch grass or plants and just water stuff and work together as a team to see something grow is really great. So what are some of the struggles you faced? A lot of struggles I faced before I came to Harvest were fitting in at school because my family and I move a lot and that definitely affected my mental health. So fitting in and kind of getting used to being in a completely new school was really tough for me. I didn't really connect with anyone at my school. I was always a person sitting alone. How did you cope with all of that at a young age? Definitely just lots of meditation and religion really helped me get through. But just talking to my parents about it, because my family are also like my friends in a way because they're so close. And no matter where we move, we're always together. And then also focusing on like my art and my passions and devoting myself to those and improving myself as a person instead of worrying about how I don't fit in. So how did you first get into meditation? From my dad, he watches a lot of like yoga videos and Wim Hof where you like take ice baths in the middle of winter for meditation. It's like crazy. Um, My dad definitely focuses more on the calming of your mind and body aspect. Have you ever done one of those ice baths? Yes, I have. And it was horrible. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Can you Um, elaborate? Yes. So I didn't do the real thing in a way. I didn't actually swim in Lake Superior like they did. But um, we filled our bathtub up with ice and cold water. And I sat in there. It was definitely changing. Uh, I felt really good afterwards. But just sitting there and your whole body went numb. You just have to focus on breathing, really. What other sort of meditation practices have you tried? Lots of yoga and just incorporating meditation into that because I don't move a lot in a day. I'm at a desk most of the day, like I said before. So just being able to stretch my body and then also relax my mind together in one is great. So you find that it's beneficial for your mental health? Oh, yeah, definitely. And how long have you been practicing? About two years now. Nothing too like professional. It's just kind of something I do 
when I just feel stressed and I just need an outlet. Were you inspired by watching your family like do such things or was it something else that inspired you to get into it? It was definitely my dad that inspired me because he'd always ask me like, hey, let's do yoga this morning and be like, okay. And I'd give it a shot and it'd be great. But then as I started getting older, I'd start bringing that into my own life and doing it on my own. So you also said that you like to do art? Yes. really sparked your interest in that? I remember my first spark of interest in art was when I was eight years old in my Japanese class. And my teacher would give us coloring books and I'd be like, I want to draw like that. And I just practiced and practiced. And now I'm an illustrator. So it all comes full circle. (laughs) Whereabouts were you at this time when you were um, taking that class? I was in Australia and I was in Calgary. So that's extremely different. Um, Do you remember what life was like down under? First of all, as someone who's very pale, it was horrible to be in the sun all the time since the ozone layer is so thin. And the only sunscreen that they'd offer was SPF 30 at best instead of like SPF 100 that we have here, which was odd. It was cool because I got a lot of attention for being the foreigner. People were like, oh, your Canadian accent, that's so cool. And meanwhile, they'd have an Australian accent. So it was kind of, I'd get a lot of attention from that, which I liked as a kid. That relates to how when I moved back here, I kind of lost that attention because, you know, I came back to a place where I sounded the same. I guess I could talk about how I lived in Australia, but um, especially with high school, there's a lot of cliques and stuff like that. That's when kids start to get more moody. It was hard for me to fit in. So you'd say that like it definitely impacted you receiving that attention like as a child somewhere else and then coming home, so to speak, to familiarity? Yes, definitely. Would you say like it was almost bittersweet or do you miss being in Australia? Uh, It was bittersweet because I was moving back to Canada. I was back with my family and stuff like that. But even moving back to Canada, we went to a completely different place. I was born in British Columbia and then we came here. So completely different weather, completely different politics, stuff like that. So it was all a new experience. And also as I got older myself, I also kind of got in that moody zone and I started closing myself off from people. Can I ask if you saw any weird animals in Australia? Totally. I definitely remember very clearly sleeping with a redback spider, which could kill you in one bite. It was in my bed. and I didn't even realize. Uh, So that was an adventure. How Um, big was it? They're not very big, honestly. They're just about the size of like a normal spider, I guess. But you can tell right away that they're deadly because the red on their back. And we saw lots of like kangaroos and emus. And my dad even had like a pet kookaburra, which are these birds that laugh. And he called it Heisenberg. And I I really like that. Yeah. You feed it cat food. (laughs) So you said some of the important turning points in your life would be focusing on your art. Can you share what kind of art? Well, I mainly got into digital art just because like drawing on pen and paper and stuff like that. It's very expensive since materials are a lot. So I got into digital art just on my iPad drawing with my finger. And that's where it all began. Then I just started perfecting my technique and gaining these lots of skills to further develop my artistic ability. Do you think you'd want to take this professionally one day? Oh, yeah, definitely. I plan to go to art university once I graduate high school, which will be exciting. But other than that, I'd want it to be more of a personal thing rather than working for like a business. I'd rather work for my own. So I'm starting to build that up right now. When did you decide that you wanted to take your hobby to a more serious level? Um, It was around when I first moved here. That's when I started digital art. I was just like, 
I'm set on being an artist. So I'm just going to practice and practice until I get to a place where I'm proud of my work and other people will, you know, buy it. Is there a certain platform where we can find your art? I'm usually on like Twitter and stuff like that and Instagram, but I'm not very active on social media. Just I try to stay away from it. I'm trying to get more active because I used to be um, a complete social media addict in a way. So I definitely cut off a lot of it. But just for business sake, I'm trying to post occasionally, I guess. When did you decide that it was important for you to start managing your time on social media? When COVID happened, I took a really long break from social media because like a ton of negative stuff was going around regarding COVID and I just didn't want any part of it. So as soon as I started my business, which is recently, I've just been like, how am I going to attract new people if I'm not reaching out to the community at all? So I pushed myself to try and be more active, connect with people and stuff like that. So it's working so far. So you found that being on social media like had an impact on your mental health? Yeah, before it did. And I'm still a little nervous about getting back into it full on. So I'm kind of taking it slow and only posting when I actually need to instead of just like being on my phone all day. Were there other ways besides meditation that helped you manage your mental health? Just drawing, honestly. It brings me to a trance and just sit there and draw for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> Do you have anything going on in the background while you draw? Usually like um, video game music, just something to calm me down and stuff like that. So it also says that you wanted to travel. Where would you like to go? Once I start making good profit off my business, I'd really like to travel a lot. And I'd really like to go to Japan because that's like my biggest inspiration at the moment for art. And just being able to experience the culture would be great. If you were to describe your style, how would you do so? Um, I'd say earthy, if that makes sense. I use a lot of pencil textures and stuff like that and warm tones, plants and stuff like that in the backgrounds. I definitely wanted to see more natural and calming. So yeah, there's actually uh, a person here at Rooster Harvest who used to be on the recruitment team for OCAD who could actually help you, you know, set the requirements for what you need to get into there. Yeah, um, I've actually already showed her a bit of my portfolio and she's like, yeah, it's pretty much good to go because I have a lot of stuff from when I was younger still in there and also my more current stuff. And it really shows my evolution of style and how much I've improved. How did hearing that make you feel? Very proud, especially at 16. I expected my portfolio to be done when I was like 18, 19. So it's good to hear that I'm already at a point where it's professional level in a way. What does the apparel look like? If you can describe it to us. Do you mean that? What do your costumes represent? It's basically just um, anthropomorphic characters, animal characters, basically. Just because they're the most fun to draw and create into a costume. Because making a human costume would be a little bit weird, <laughs> especially if it like covers your face and stuff like that. Does that at all relate to the um, furry subculture? Yeah, definitely. I mainly uh, cater towards them. So would you say you yourself are a part of this furry subculture? Yeah, and I have been an active member of the community since I started Digital Art back in 2016. Can you tell us a bit more about it? It's basically just people coming together for love of cartoon animal characters like Mickey Mouse and stuff like that was a big thing for me when I was younger. And I always loved just animals in general. So being able to combine the two and create your own character and stuff like that and share it with the community in like an artistic way is really great. How did you come across the community? Mainly when I was younger on YouTube, I just watched videos of these costumes. I'd be like, whoa, that's crazy. I want to do that. 
Are there any like specific animals or creatures that you've created so far? I made a cat rabbit cross. It's really cool. And then I hope to create more fantasy creatures like dragons, stuff like that. Where did you gather your seamstress skills? Honestly, we had an old sewing machine in our garage. I just dusted it off and just started. Uh, Yeah, I just kind of went with it and learned on the way. How did it feel to make your first successful costume? I was really proud of it at the time. I was like, look at this. It's amazing. And yes, it looked nice on the outside, but inside the head, it wasn't lined. And it was just like exposed foam to the face, which wasn't comfortable. I'm definitely trying to bring comfort level up as well as quality at the same time. (laughs) Can you say that this has been like a learning process? Yeah, definitely a learning process. I'm learning as I go, basically. With each suit I make, my style keeps changing in a way because I'm learning as I go which I hope to get to a point where everything's consistent. You know, you sound like a very interesting person with a lot of interesting hobbies. Battle giant spiders in Australia. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you for coming in to talk to us today. Yeah, thank you guys for inviting me. Growing Third is a project of Roots to Harvest and a part of the Great Big Stories Project through Frame, a global network of youth mental health resources. In today's episode, you heard Lack Williams and Shana Twance interviewing a past participant of Roots to Harvest. Roots to Harvest lives, works, and plays on the traditional territories of the Fort William First Nation people, signatories to the Robinson Superior Treaty of 1850. We strive to not only learn from and with, but also reconcile our relationship with the Anishinaabe people in this area who have cared for and stewarded this land for centuries. Each episode was recorded at Roots to Harvest in Thunder Bay with sound engineering by the folks at Podigy. Growing Third is thankful for the mentorship and guidance from J.L. Chung and John Thompson, as well as Cornelius Beaver, a supporting member of the interview team. We also want to thank the brave folks who showed up to share their stories and let a larger community learn from and connect to their experiences. 